Welcome to the Narrow Road Podcast, where I speak with business owners, entrepreneurs and sports people to delve into what has made them and continues to make them the individual they are. These are candid conversations about their lives and careers to reveal the person behind the success. Why the Narrow Road? Anyone who has become successful is all too aware that at times the road to success is often a lonely, narrow one that few walk down. This brings the realisation that the biggest battles mostly come from within. Most people desire an easy and broad road in their journey of life. Who would want to walk the narrow road and why? This narrow road is littered with mistakes, failures and the constant temptation to turn around and join the broad road like the rest. Continuing on this narrow road, however, bestows these individuals with more than they could have ever imagined. In this first part of a two-part podcast, I speak with internet pioneer Ajaz Ahmed BEM. Huddersfield-based Ajaz is best known for being the founder of FreeServe, which was once the UK's largest internet company. It had a market cap of £9 billion and eventually sold to France Telecom three years after launch for £1.6 billion. We discuss how he started working at Dixon's and how fate led him to move to PC World in Leeds. Whilst managing the PC World store, he realised that none of his staff could tell him how to get onto the internet. This led to his eureka moment and the genesis of FreeServe. Ajaz explains how after months of work to get to launch, a press release from BT led him to think that FreeServe was dead in the water. This resulted in a massive last-minute change of strategy leading to the product changing its name and rewriting its offering to customers. Eventually, Dixon's launched FreeServe in September 1998 and it became the UK's largest internet service provider three months later. This is an amazing story of vision and persistence from one of the UK's true internet pioneers. So, on this uh, episode of The Narrow Road, I have internet and UK business royalty, Mr. Ajaz Ahmed BEM. The BEM stands for the British Empire Medal, which is a British medal awarded for a meritorious civil or military service worthy of recognition by the Crown. So it's a very, very big honour and it's a very big honour for me to have Mr. Ajaz Ahmed in the room. Ajaz, welcome. Thank you for for being here. It's a pleasure. So, um, when I uh, started this off, I'd, uh, I've got a list in my pad of uh, people that <sighs> inspires an, uh, an overused word, I think, in business, but just someone that I look up to and someone that is, there's a lot of people, a lot of talkers in, in the business world and there's doers and you are a doer and you've done, you did something that very, 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 very few, anyone can start a business, but what you did was, I think, change the landscape of the British internet where we, we won't be where we are today without what you did. Um, so for those that don't know, Ajaz was the founder of FreeServe. And back in the day, FreeServe was the number one way to get on the internet. I'm not going to ruin the story. I'm going to ask Ajaz to, to embellish this. So Ajaz, thanks so much for coming. Really, really appreciate it. Um, to start off with, I'd just like to get a background of what your informative years were like, your, your younger years, and did they shape, did they ever, did they play a role in you kicking free service off? Yeah, I think they did. Um, I, first of all, when I was at school, uh, I failed all my exams. I left school with absolutely no qualifications, so I had to get a job. 
couldn't go to college, couldn't go to university thereafter. So I had to get a job. And uh, one of the things I remember is that my school report, my headmaster had written on it, uh, Ajaz is a dreamer and right. do, doesn't do himself justice. Right. And I think that's what business is about. It is about dreaming. So I always dreamt that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to do something different. And one of the things that inspired me when I was still at school was an advert for Hovis Bread. Right. And people often ask me, how can Hovis Bread inspire anyone? Yeah. And in this advert, there's a, an old guy and he's leaving the mill. Yeah. Uh, and he's got a clock under his arm. Yeah. And he stops at the gates of the mill and he turns around and looks at the mill for one last time. He's obviously just retired. And the clock that he's got is his retirement present. Yeah. And then he walks home on the cobbled streets and uh, he goes to his house and in front of the fire, he has his Hovis bread and the advert finished. Uh, Hovis good today as it's always been. But when I saw that advert, I thought, oh my God, that man has retired after a lifetime of work. And what's he got to show for it? A clock. And I thought to myself, when I retire, I want to be able to look back at my life and, and reflect on it and mm. say to myself, I've made a difference. Yeah. And that every single day people are retiring and when they retire and look back on their life, they think about all the things they should have done, would have done and could have done. Mm. And that's one of the things that inspired me. Uh, when I was still at school. And how old were you at this age? Uh, I think the advert, I was in secondary school, I can't remember exactly what year it was, yeah. but I was at secondary school. Uh, and then uh, I used to go to uh, the reference library and I used to read business magazines and architectural magazines because I always had this interest in design as well. Mm. Uh, and I used to read, when I was at work uh, in Dixon's, I used to read The Observer, uh, The Times and things like that when my colleagues were reading. Uh, the Daily Mirror of the Sun yeah. and I used to read Times uh, I used to read Forbes uh, things like that and I, I always lived this life of, of business and I, I wanted to get into business so um, and Dixon's where I worked uh, which was originally a camera shop people don't know that it was called hmm. Dixon's Photographic um, I worked hard and I, I did well and I became a manager in Dixon's and very quickly I accelerated up the ranks and I became a manager. Yeah. How, of, how did you get the job in Dixon's? Can you remember? Yeah, I was walking past Dixon's and I saw a, a little poster in the window that said that they were looking for salespeople. And I, put, I went home, put my dad's shirt and tie on and I went for an interview and I got the job yeah. as a junior salesperson yeah. in Dixon's and I was earning uh, £30 a week and that was uh, 1980. Dixons were big at this time, weren't they? They were they were big retailer. They were, yeah, they were big, but they were just a camera shop. Right. And they didn't sell computers because they weren't around. Yeah. And then Dixons bought a company called Curry's, and Curry sold white goods. Yeah. And I don't know whether you can say white goods anymore. <laughs> uh, but white goods are things like washing machines and telev uh, and you know, dishwashers <laughs> and things like that. Uh, and because uh, Dixon's didn't sell them, uh, so that's now why Curry's is part of the Dixon's group. Yeah. And then Dixon started to sell um, televisions, and then they started selling videos, yeah. uh, VHS and Betamax, so yeah. if you can remember those things. Uh, Betamax. And, yeah, Betamax, yeah. And, uh, and then one day, this, the, uh, the first home computer arrived, and that was the Commodore VIC-20. And were you working... In Dixon's. Dixon's at the time. Yeah, was this, it a big deal when this, this 
this Vic 20 arrived when it it was it was hype. a big deal and I actually bought it uh, without even looking at it and uh, I took it home and my mum said you know what have you bought and I said I've bought this computer and she said show me what you can do with it and I typed in 10 uh, print yeah. inverted commas Ajaz Ahmed close inverted commas semicolon 20 go to 10 yeah. and then I press run, run. Yeah, and all it did was it showed, showed my name across the screen uh, repeatedly it just went, it went up constantly up went down, up, didn't it? Right. yeah I did yeah. that on my, my did it? Yeah. ZX and my mum said is that all it can do and I, I didn't know how to program or anything like that uh, and used to buy magazines where um, you typed in programs and uh, and then press run and it had a syntax error uh, and he spent hours uh, trying to fix the error uh, and and then uh, the Vic 20 came out and then uh, the Sinclair ZX80 came out yes yeah and then the ZX81 and then the Amstrad uh, PC came out. Did the, when did this, did the ZX Spectrum come out after the ZX eighty one? Because that was my first. Was it my Z, first one? Yeah, ZX eighty was first, and then the ZX eighty one, and then the Spectrum, then the Spectrum came Spectrum, after that. Spectrum, yeah. yeah, yeah, and a lot of the older people will reminisce now when I've mentioned these words, yeah. but just like you did there, because they were the computers that they grew up with. Yeah, yeah. and but they changed everything because people had uh, computers at home. And they were able to buy software, or they were able to program, yeah. and that was the beginning of the change. Yeah, really, that's the thing that started this whole computer revolution, uh, and it changed the world from there on. I um, I didn't know actually what to do with the the Spectrum when yeah. I got it. Yeah. I remember I did the same thing. I did ten ten print Danny Mathew, yeah. twenty go to ten thirty run enter, yeah. and it just scrolled. And I yeah. remember you know. Um, it, it was like, is that all it does? You yeah. know, and then I got games, and then after that I went from a Spectrum into a Commodore 64, and yeah. I loved that. Yeah. I just, it was just brilliant. But the loading of the games, you'd have the cassette deck, yeah. you'd have to type something in and hit play, and it'd yeah. take about 18 days to load. Yeah. But yeah, the, the good good days then, good days, but obviously pre, pre-internet, pre yeah. yeah. didn't have a clue what was... That's about right. Because there was no such thing as the internet in those no, days. No, no such thing at all. So you're in Dixon's. Mm-hmm. Um, you're selling. Are you selling white goods and things like that? No, the the separate company. Yeah. Perry sold white goods. We sold brown goods, uh, which were <laughs> which were um, cameras and yeah. and then televisions and videos. And were they, were they called brown goods? Uh, yeah. Were they? Yeah. Oof. But uh, nobody used that term. Right. Anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. There was a difference between white goods, which were home appliances, and, yeah. and brown goods, which were um, things like you know uh, televisions yeah. and videos yeah. and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So you at Dixon's, mm-hmm. and then what happened after that? What what? How did how did we get to you seeing this opportunity? Yeah. So I, I became a manager in Dixon's, um, and then within a year of becoming a manager, I was a manager of the largest turnover store in the north of England, which yeah. was Manchester. Right. Uh, and then one day we got a memo, uh, and I looked at the memo because in those days no email or anything like that. We used to get memos. Was it on fax? Uh, on no, fax? it wasn't. Fax. It was just a printed memo. Oh, every day we used to get an envelope, and it had all the memos in it. Yeah. And the memo said that uh, we've bought a new company, and uh, the new company is called PC World, and uh, uh, PC World was just four stores around the M25. Right. And uh, we're going to grow this business because there's an opportunity to sell computers, PCs. Hmm. And when I read that, I thought, 
that's my future. What and, year was this? Uh, that was uh, probably uh, round about 1994, 95, 95, right? Yeah, 94, yeah. Right. And So a good few years before the main event, shall we say? Yeah, not, actually not that many because FreeServe was launched in 1998. Right. Uh, so I folded the memo up and I put it in my pocket and I thought that's where I'm going to go. And I applied uh, to become a manager in PC World. Yeah. And the first store north of the M25 was actually Leeds. Right. And it was very handy because I lived in Huddersfield, which is not that far no. away. So I became a manager of PC World in Leeds. Whereabouts in Leeds was it? It was uh, down the road from Elland Road, uh, oh. the famous football club, mm. Leeds United. Right. Just down the road from right. there. So not it, what, it wasn't in the centre then? No, uh, because right. the format of PC World was large uh, sort of warehouse type stores right. that yeah. sold computers, they sold printers, they sold software, they had a technical department and uh, you know it was they were enormous Yeah. because there was no one else selling computers in those days, there was no competitors at all. Right. Uh, because there was no internet, there was no e-commerce either. No. So the only way to buy something like this was either through mail order or to physically walk into the shop yeah. and then buy uh, the computer. And then one of the big events uh, after we actually launched was the launch of Windows 95. Right, yeah. yeah. And Windows 95 was the first software that had a go button on it. And, uh, you know, the start button, should I say. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we actually opened the store till midnight. Uh, so that the people could buy the new Windows 95 and people queued to buy Windows right. 95 and we started selling it at midnight uh, so uh, people queued and then uh, about 10 minutes later the, the store was empty and we closed up and went home yeah so you just got, got the initial that's right Yeah. you know rushing and, I, and things like that that's yeah. right and I've still got the t-shirt that said I was there at the start yeah so you were there you know literally yeah. when, when it when it launched in the UK and it was a big deal wasn't it it was a big deal massive because, deal Windows because, 95 yeah it was because before that it was mostly DOS yeah uh, which was a uh, uh, there was no graphics on it. It no. was just a, a, a thing where you type things in, yeah. and there was no graphics on it. At a bit all. like going back to what we were talking about about you know the Commodore and the Vic Twenty, what That's you right. typed. Yeah. And then this is how Microsoft began their dominance of the software market, That's isn't right. it? Because they began, in, they began PCs now were pre-installed were they, with That's Windows, right. which and then they they also bought other companies as well. Uh, people like Lotus One Two Three. Yes, yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, and they bought these companies to put together. And Lotus One Two Three, yeah, sorry, is a spreadsheet. Yeah, and they bought companies and they put it together and launched Microsoft Office, which was a suite. Yeah, and I, I remember thinking that they're getting people addicted to this because yeah. once you install Office, you can't do without it. Yeah, and you've got to you know renew it every year and things like that. But interesting, one of the things that they didn't have on Windows ninety five was an internet browser. Right. And the reason they didn't have an internet browser was because there was no point, because there was nobody on the internet. Yeah. So they were aware of the internet, but there was just no point because no one used it. Yeah, and that's actually one of the key parts of the FreeServe story. Right. So, you're at PC World now. Yeah. What happened next? What happened next was that uh, I heard about this thing called the internet. Yeah and I wanted to get on the internet. So I asked the staff in my own shop, uh, I want to go on the internet because I just bought a modem as well and an yeah. IBM ThinkPad yes. that allowed me to get on the internet. And I asked the staff in the shop and everyone said, don't know. Right. And they kept, I kept on walking around and everyone said, 
don't know how to get onto the internet. And then eventually someone in our technical centre said, you should go to Demon Internet. Yeah. They're a good ISP, and ISP stands for Internet Service Provider. And uh, I phoned up Demon Internet, and I said, I want to go on the internet. What do I need? And the guy said, you need a browser. And I said, how do I get a browser? He said, you can FTP from our site. Hmm. And I thought, what the hell's an FTP? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I now know that FTP stands for File Transfer Protocol. So the irony is, you've got to be on the internet to be able to download a browser. Yeah, yeah. Right. Chicken and egg. Exactly, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I carried on looking, and I found a, a CD on a magazine cover for CompuServe. Yeah. And I bought the magazine, I downloaded the software, and when I actually got onto CompuServe, which was about 17 99 a month in and those the, days. That is an American company, was it? an American it? company, yeah. yeah. The so, two leaders were uh, America Online, which AOL. is AOL, yeah. And CompuServe, they were the, the leaders. So they'd come over here yeah. with no competition in yeah. in the UK. Yeah. And and it's like anything, America sometimes are before us in yeah. in quite a few stuff yeah. like that. So you'd seen this magazine. Yeah. Compu I remember CompuServe and I remember AOL, because AOL yeah. were, became massive, but that's around the dot com boom time. Yeah. So you, you you put your C D in. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got to remember there was competition, but the competition was the British companies who didn't understand the customer. Yeah. Uh, technical companies like Demon Internet, yeah. where you can't actually get on the internet no. until you've got the browser and, you know. And they, so were, they were talking like a different language, weren't they? They were. Yeah. Uh, you know, FTP. Yeah. So uh, when I got into CompuServe, I thought, oh my God, uh, this is fantastic. Everyone in the future is going to want to get on the internet. And what did you see? The first, what did it make you feel like the first time you opened the browser? What 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 did, what's the first thing you did? Uh, I can't remember the first thing I did, but the the things that I noticed was uh, a homepage. Yeah. And I thought because they own the homepage, they can direct people to wherever they want them to go. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. Um, and I also noticed that it was a walled garden. Yeah, and the wall garden means that uh, there was no browser, so you can't type in www. All you can do is stay within their wall garden. Yeah, you can only look at what they've got. Right, and that's a bit like a skybox. If you buy a skybox, yeah, you can only look at the, the TV channels on their box. Yeah, you can't go on to something from South Africa yeah. or, or wherever. And and it well encompassed a wall garden. So there was no browser involved. Yeah. And, uh, and they've done that on purpose then, I presume, to, for, for revenue. To that's keep right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if anybody wanted to be on their shopping channel, uh, they had to pay them for being on their shopping channel. Yeah. And they can control everything. And um, I thought to myself, this is a great idea, that they're controlling everyone. Hmm. But I thought, actually, um, that means that people are buying computers from us and they're going onto AWOL and CompuServe and they are talking to our customers. Hmm. We've got no control over where our customers goes. So other people are making money from our customers. Yeah. But the most important thing I thought to myself was that uh, it's so difficult to get on the internet. And I thought to myself, every single day, people are walking to our shop saying, how do you get on the internet? And we say, we don't know. Hmm. So if we become an ISP, we'll be able to do something that none of our competitors can do, it, which is talk to the customer because the customer stood right in front of us. And if we make a CD which has got the internet browser on it, hmm. there's no FTP required. Every time we sell a computer, we can say, here you go, you yeah. need internet access, yeah. and just give it to them. And we can also pile up CDs in the shops as well, 
so that people can just walk in and pick up a CD. Yeah. And the most expensive part of any business is acquiring the customer. Yeah. And uh, AOL and CompuServe are spending an awful lot of money paying the magazines to put their CDs in their magazine covers. Right. Because the customers are already in our shop, yes. we don't have to spend a penny on yes. acquiring the yeah. customer. Yeah. So uh, we'll be able to start a business for next to nothing and we'll be able to acquire the customer for nothing as well. Mm. And not only that, if we put our home address on the browser, then the first thing the customer will see is our uh, channel, our home, uh, mm. pro, uh, our portal. And then we, we, we can have a search engine on there, which we can make money from. We can have a shopping channel on there, which they can make money from. But unlike AOL and computer, it's an actual physical browser. Yeah. And you can type in anything you want yes. and yeah. go to anywhere. And uh, because it's on our CD, uh, you've got a browser, whereas on Windows, there's no browser. No, no. So why, why do you think AOL and CompuServe didn't put a browser on there? Is it because they just want to keep people in this walled garden? It probably didn't occur to them. Right. It's mm. as simple as that. Yeah. Because they'd been in business two or three years and there was very few browsers in the world. Uh, one of the things that I think people don't appreciate about FreeServe is that uh, the the launch of the browser. Yeah. If FreeServe hadn't have come along, yeah. we might still be dominated by AOL and CompuServe, yeah. which were wall gardens. Mm. And browsers may have been used for something completely different. Someone else may have come along with a, an idea like FreeServe and had a, um, a browser. Mm. Uh, but if it wasn't a retailer like Dixon's, it would have been difficult because you'd have had to download a browser and you mm. need to be on the internet to download a browser. Yeah, yeah. And Dixon's Curry's PC World were the dominant retailers. And if, if you heard about FreeServe, if you told a friend you should go into FreeServe, all you have to do is walk into one of the Dixon's Curry's yeah. PC World in your local town or city and pick up a CD. So that people are referring customers to you as well, so which are That's then, right. they're gonna walk into your store, see what you're selling, and engage with you and buy other stuff. So it was a double yeah, double yeah, whammy for yeah, you, wasn't it? Yeah. Acquiring new customers and offering current customers a, a, a solution, That's which right. is going to keep them with you. Yeah, it was so simple. Yeah. You just walk into a shop, pick up a CD, yeah. or every time we sell a computer, and we were selling maybe a million computers a year in those yeah. days, yeah. we just gave the customer a CD. Thing is that what, what I've picked up on there is when you said it was so simple. Yeah. One of the quotes I've seen you write down is, do yeah. the obvious before. Yeah. So it's obvious to you, Yeah. but obviously it well, wasn't yeah. obvious to... Yeah, so the next part of the story is I came up with this great idea, yeah. I thought, which is we become an ISP, we'll get to the customer first, yeah. it'll cost us nothing to actually acquire the customer. Uh, we don't know anything about the technology, so we will outsource the technology mm. to another company. We don't need a support center because we've already got a large support center in Doncaster. Yeah. Um, we'll let them take care of the support and we'll make that a premium rate number. So is all this in your head at the all, start yeah. or did this all build? No, no, it was all in my head at the beginning. So you, you've got, you've, 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 in your head you've already built this product and yeah. service, haven't you? Yeah. How did, what was your plan to get it out there? Yeah. What, what did you do? So you've got it in your head, I've yeah. got a fantastic idea. Yeah. It's going to change the, 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 the landscape of the UK yeah. internet plane, if yeah. that's a better term. What did you do? How did you how did you move on that idea? So the next thing I had to do was persuade Dixons to actually do it. Yeah. So I went to see uh, the managing director of PC World, 
and told him about my great idea. Hmm. When, when you say you went to see him, did you have to arrange an appointment or could you just pop in yeah. and see him? So I, I wrote him a memo yeah. and he said, yeah, come down and see me. So I went down to see him in Hemel Hempstead, yeah. which is where the Dixon's head office was. Yeah. So I traveled down by car to Hemel Hempstead uh, and I was quite excited, went to see him. I told him about my great idea and he said, I'll get back to you. Yeah. And when he got back to me, he said, uh, don't worry about it. We're working on something even better, which meant actually, we're doing, I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. We're not working on anything yeah. and let's carry on actually uh, building more PC yeah. worlds around the country. Yeah. That's our main focus. Uh, he just didn't get it. Didn't understand it. Yeah. Didn't understand yeah, yeah, yeah. it. And I almost gave up on the idea. And I actually... How, how did you feel then when you got that? Did, did he reply via memo? Uh, no, he actually was in the store when he came back to see me. Yeah. And he, he didn't actually reply to me at all. Yeah. So when he was in the store, I had to go up to him and say, um, have you had a further thought about yeah. my idea? I actually wrote him a memo, which I've still got. Have you? Yeah, I've still got the memo after I saw him and said, I just thought I'd put down on paper what we discussed. And I put down uh, the plan so that he, you know, under confusion about what we discussed. Yeah. And he said no. And when uh, I read this magazine called Vanity Fair yeah. about the new establishment, yeah. and the new establishment, they said, were the people that control content and media. Yeah. And they managed to get the people like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and Ted Turner. Hmm. And there was a bit there about Ted Turner, and Ted Turner was the... Uh, created CNN, the founder of CNN. Oh, right, yeah, Cable News Network. That's right, right yeah, which yeah. was the first 24-hour news yeah. channel. And there was a guy talking about him, and he said what people like Ted are required to do is do the obvious before it becomes obvious to yeah. everyone else. Yeah. Because by, by the time it becomes obvious to everyone else, it's too late because people like Ted have done it and the other guys haven't. Is, is, is there an argument, though, that you can be too early? Um, not Not CNN, but in general. You know, can you be a bit too before the curve, a bit too early? And some people think, we're not ready for this, we don't get it. And then when the time is right, someone else comes in. Yeah. No, I don't think that's the case. No. Uh, And the example of CNN, um, people probably didn't get CNN because they thought, who wants to watch news 24 hours a day? Yeah. Uh, Whereas now, what we understand is that it's not about watching news 24 hours a day. It's about watching news when you want to yes, watch the news. consume it when you want. That's right. Yeah. So if you hear something on the radio about something, yeah. you, you go on to mm. CNN. If you want to know about the debate that's happened, you go on to CNN. If you want to uh, catch about, uh, about the football, yeah. you go on to, not necessarily CNN, but yeah. you, you go on to 24-hour news, news channel. Yeah. channel. Yeah. yeah. So but it's just, just people don't get it. Just going back to the rejection then. Yeah. So he's in the store. You yeah. did you approach him? Yeah. And you said, well, how did you, how did you how did you word it and how did he word it back to you?" Uh, I just asked him, um, "Have you had any further thoughts on uh, what we discussed?" And he put his ra- his arm around my shoulder. He said, "Don't worry about it." Right. That was it. That was it. Right. Yeah. And what? How did you feel? I felt deflated. Yeah. Uh, but as I said, when I read this uh, magazine, uh, I thought, actually, just because this guy doesn't get mm. it doesn't mean to say it's not a good idea. So that gave you the impetus to, to carry on, move forward. Yeah. So you'd, had a, you'd taken a bit of a kick. And I imagine that you'd have been really hyped up thinking, mm. this is the future. And someone just burst your balloon. 
Yeah. And you're thinking, oh. So how long from him bursting your balloon mm. to you reading this Vanity Fair piece? How long was yeah. that? It was a, a few months at A few later. months, right. Yeah, so you're, just, so you're stewing for a few yeah. months. So I'd given up on it. Yeah. And uh, this article made me carry on. And the thing that I learned from was, as I just said, uh, just because he doesn't get it doesn't mean to say it's not a good idea. Yeah. And he actually left uh, PC World, Yeah. went to work for another retailer. And that gave me the opportunity to be able to approach the group CEO. Right. And how, how did you approach the group CEO? Uh, the same thing. I got someone to introduce me yeah. to him. And when I told him about the idea, he said something completely different. Because, so, you know... Were you in a meeting with him? How, how did that yeah, come about again, then? I went so, down to Hemel Hempstead yeah. and I saw him and next to him was um, the head of corporate development. Yeah. And uh, his reaction was different. How did you pitch it? What was the... You know, did you go in with like you know a storyboard, a presentation, or was it just you and talking? You know, yeah, what? It, it was mostly me just talking mm. because there was no PowerPoint in those days. No, no, yeah, of yeah. course not. Uh, yeah, and course, there was yeah. no projectors on yeah, the, yeah, onto yeah, the yeah. wall Silly or anything me. like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, I just told him about my idea yeah. and explained to him how it would work. Yeah. And he turned around to the head of corporate development and he said, "John, what do you think?" And John said, "I've got no idea if this is going to work or not, but." Quite clearly, we have to do something yeah, on the internet. We have to be in there. So let's do it. And uh, the CEO said, "Okay, let's do it, but we can't spend much money on this." Right. So that's where uh, it all started working. So you you leave Hemel Hempstead. Yeah. How are you feeling when you get that yes? Fantastic. I felt great. Did you know you were onto something at that point? Did you think? Did you feel it in your bones? Yeah, but I tell you one thing: I didn't know. They didn't know. Nobody knew how big it was no, going to be. No, no. Uh, because I actually said to them, we can't expect to make any money for a long time. Yeah. Because if I'd have said to them, we're going to make millions and we're going to be worth a, a yeah. billion pounds yeah, yeah. within a few months, they would have thought I was mad. Yeah, they would have kicked you out, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would have thought, this guy's out. lost his yeah, marbles. exactly. The only thing I could think to myself is that it's going to be successful. Yeah. So under-promise, over-deliver. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. yeah. So, you, so you leave Emil Hempstead, yeah. you're, you're thinking got the yes here mm. how did you start what was your first what was your first move when you get back to Leeds uh, the first move going back to Leeds was uh, working with uh, Packard Bell mm. and if if you remember Packard Bell used to be the sponsor of Leeds United yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so they used to be up there all the time uh, and they were the largest supplier within Dixon's as yeah. well we sell a lot of Packard Bell computers the MD of Packard Bell bumped into uh the owner of a company in Leeds hmm. uh, called Planet Online yeah. and they were uh, the te technical people yeah. uh, and through the introduction with them uh, saw them and so how, how did you get an introduction with Packard Bell then just because they were a big supplier and yeah. it was quite a reasonably yeah, easy yeah and I was talking to them and one of the you know I don't want to get into too much because uh, you know it gets a bit technical hmm. because one of the things that I you know said to um, Dixon's was that if we do a partnership with a, a computer supplier we can actually put the the software on this on the actual computer like as well. Windows yeah pre-installed pre-installed it so, so how, how did you sell it what was your how did you explain it to Packard Bell then uh, the same way yeah that and they could become a partner yeah. of it but as I said it gets complicated because the managing director of Packard Bell then leaves yeah. and then Packard Bell aren't interested either in right. the story but 
Dixon's are. Yeah. So we got the introduction to uh, Planet Online. Through so we, Packard Bell. Through Packard Bell. Yeah. And uh, I then, they gave me an office in their uh, place in Leeds. Yeah. Uh, to so did you, how did work you, on it. So you, you, go to pack, you go to them, Planet Online. Yeah. You pitch it to them. Yeah. What's their response initially? Is it a, is it a positive straight yeah, away? Yeah, they got they got it straight away. They got it, yeah. And the 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 part of the the deal was that we were going to outsource the technology to them, yeah. And we would share part of the revenue with them. Right. Why? Why? You might not be able to answer this, but just thinking out loud, why didn't Planet Online go away and think, well, why don't we do this? Or did they not yeah. fully understand it? Yeah. Well, one of the questions people ask me is, why didn't you do it yourself? Yeah. You know, why did I do free serve myself? And the key to all of this was Dixon's. Yeah. Without their distribution, yeah, of course. it doesn't work. No, no. And same with Planet Online. Yeah. Uh, they were in ISP already. Right. Uh, but, you know, without uh, the, the distribution, it doesn't work. No. And I think people listening to this podcast uh, will understand the hardest part to any business is the cost of acquiring the customer. Yeah. If you've got a great idea and you want to do it, you probably find out after you've spent a fortune yeah. that actually getting the customer is very, very hard. Yeah. The distribution is the hardest thing. Yeah. And Dixon's had that magic yeah. part of the formula. Well, no one else had that really, did they? Nobody that else time. had that. You, yeah. That was the that was the fine, the cherry on the cake. Yeah. You can have the best product in the world yeah. and then you had the best retailer at the time yeah. to... I remember the CDs yeah. were just all over. There were stacks, reams of That's them everywhere. Right. If I'd have gone to Marks and Spencer with this idea, yeah. it wouldn't have worked because no. they were selling clothes. No. They were selling food. food if I'd yeah. have gone to the supermarket, it yeah. wouldn't have worked. No. No. Uh, but Dixon's was selling technology. Yeah. PC yeah. World was selling technology. And they were in every town and city. Yeah. So it made it so easy. And you know everything fitted into place yeah, because yeah. they had the route to market. So Planet couldn't do it on their own. No. So you you, you got to see Planet. Yeah. There it straight away. Yeah. They get it. They're yeah. on board. They're excited. Yeah. What happens next? How do you? I'm trying to paint a picture of you. You you leave Planet. Yeah. And then you're thinking, right? I'm. There's just ages. Yeah. You know you've got your Planet online that can do that, but you're the one in the middle pulling yeah. it all together. Yeah. What's your next move? Okay. How how are you strategizing the the, the pulling it all together yeah what's going through your head yeah well the, one of the components of all of this is we don't actually need many people no because we're outsourcing technology to yeah. them uh, we, there's no marketing required no so we don't need a marketing department we don't need a support department we actually need very few people yeah we need someone to do the deals with um, the people on our, on our portal yeah uh uh, we need someone to look after the website and we need someone to manage the relationship with Dixon's and that's it. Yeah. Three people. Yeah. So, uh, so it was about going out there and doing the deals with, uh, um, people to, on the portal. So what, just what, 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 <coughs> when you say deals on the portal, what, yeah. what, do, what do you mean? So as I said to you, we need, uh, somewhere that people can visit. We need people on the shopping channel. Yeah. We need a search engine. Um, so that people because the first thing people do is search yeah so on our homepage we've got a search engine right uh, we've got um, news as well yeah so I remember going to uh, a news organisation uh, Associated Press which also had an office in Leeds yeah doing a deal with them so we could buy news so we could put news and sport and content on there yeah so how, how was that 
was that how was that aggregated into your homepage? Was it pulled in from? Did someone type it in, or was it? Was um, it because the technology was uh, still young. Yeah, rudimentary. Rudimentary, but it's still actually the same as it is today. Yeah. Uh, it's content that's coming in, yeah, um, and it gets changed automatically. Right, it's very very simple. Yeah, uh, the homepage for uh, FreeServe actually looks very similar to um, uh, the the, the homepages of many channels today. Right, and I think one of the reasons that, uh, is you know as I said to you when I was small I used to go to the reference library and read architects magazines mm. and design magazines so I always had this thing about design mm. so I was able to visualize how uh, something should look and be, being a retailer uh, I had empathy and I thought to myself you know if I was a customer how would I want something to yeah. look and I wanted to be able to navigate it quickly and easily and find what I wanted mm. quickly as well so the actual the portal the homepage looked very very easy to navigate yeah. a bit like the BBC site does today who, who, who built the search engine? Uh, well, the search engine, uh, we did a deal with a company called Lycos. Yes, yeah, I remember And that. <clears throat> all we had to do was put a box on our homepage. That's it. Right. So when you typed in a search, it then went to uh, Lycos and the results were delivered on our page, but it didn't require anybody. It's very, very simple. Yeah. Just uh, a box. Did a search and the results appeared on our page. And it plugged into Lycos and fed them back. In That's right, yeah. yeah. And eventually we, we changed to a company called GoTo. Yeah. Uh, GoTo invented pay-per-click. Right. And like uh, Google didn't have a business model when they started. And they were waiting for something because in those days it was mostly banners, banner advertising. Yeah. So they actually bought GoTo. Right. And GoTo was a company that invented the business model for Google. Right, for, for pay-per-click. Pay-per-click, yeah. So how long did it take to sort of... So you go to see uh, Associated Press, yeah. Lycos. Yeah. Where were Lycos based? Lycos were in London. Right, so you, so again, it, it's just back in... back. I know it's not a long time ago, yeah. but, but technology's grown so much. Like nowadays, you just send you know Lycos an email, they'd yeah. reply. How did you... Did you send them a letter? How yeah. did you get in touch with them? Uh, well, email did exist. Yeah. Uh, not many people had no, it. No. So you know, I was able to uh, contact people by email or phone them up or whatever. And it helps that you've got a big company behind you. Yes, yeah. Because if AJR's Army contacts someone, they probably won't uh, answer the door. Uh, but if you've got someone that's working for Dixon's, yeah. uh, then they're very interested. Yeah, so a big opportunity. That's right. So getting hold of people wasn't a problem. Right. But there's an, another part to the story which is very important. Yeah. Which is um, everything's going okay. Uh, but Dixon's aren't that you know, excited about it. So everything was slow. Yeah. And then one day, uh, British Telecom announced that they're going to launch a new service called BT Click. Right. How far are you on? with your product everything's ready to go right everything's so ready to go how long did it take then from from getting the yes in yeah. in hemel Hempstead yeah to what what time yeah. period are we talking about from a then? year so about a year about a year and, and and what sort of um what sort of hours were you working were you, were you you know what sort of days what sort of hours were you working i was traveling to london every week yeah meeting people uh, and I, I wasn't working that hard. Right. Uh, you know, after free save it was different, but yeah. I wasn't working 12 hours a day or anything like that. Right. Because our service hadn't launched. Right. All I was doing was building 
uh, the actual, you know, the, uh, the content and where yeah. things were going to yeah. go, uh, doing deals with people to share the revenue, things like that. But as I said, the important part was that, um, you know, is that the business model changed. Were you ever worried that as you're building it, that someone else had come in? And, no. and, and and did it never you know because I know a lot of people in the building businesses or yeah. they've got the, the, the next big idea people always say don't tell anyone don't tell anyone no. we ever worried that someone had come in and like find out that maybe you maybe alerted this in your BT the BT click memo that, yeah. that or the BT press release you read wasn't yeah. it yeah we ever like thinking well we better get out this out quick because someone's gonna you know maybe usurp us with it no 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 I wasn't it wasn't public knowledge but no. I wasn't really uh, concerned about it because you were so far ahead of the so game so far ahead yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know if Tesco had started something it wasn't yeah. going to work because yeah. they didn't have the route to market no. that we had and that is the key thing isn't it I it know is. you've said this before but you I'm just verbalising this for myself and anyone listening the key thing is you knew you had that route to the customers that's and right the big, you had the biggest yeah. estuary if that's yeah. the correct term the biggest gate yeah. to the customers where no one else had that yeah. did they yeah. a, a lot of people uh, approach me now for help yeah. and advice yeah. and I've seen some great ideas and I've seen some poor ideas but one of the questions I ask people is how are you going to get your customer hmm. and most people haven't got an answer to that yeah. they say things like social media yeah. That doesn't really mean anything. They're so in love with the product, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Uh, we'll advertise it, yeah, but how, how are you going to pay for that? Yeah. So, um, and it, it's the cost of acquiring the customer. Yeah. And that was the single biggest thing that FreeServe had. was yeah. Zero cost, basically. That's You're right. already paying for, for the customers through them yeah. walking in your shops, That's aren't right. You? So, you're a, you're a year on. Yeah. It, it's nearly ready to, to launch. Yeah. How are you feeling at this point? How are you before you see this this memo which we'll yeah. talk about? Yeah. You're nearly there. You've done all this work. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great, but also uh, still there's lots of people around me who don't understand it. Yeah. Lots of people think you know why are we even doing this? Yeah. And people just don't understand the the future, which is the internet. No. They just don't see it. Did you, Did you feel at the time that you thought? I'm on the, we're on the cusp of something massive here. Yeah. Did, did, you, did you know? I know yeah. probably no one else would have done because they didn't understand yeah. it like you. You yeah. conceived it. It was your baby. Did you honestly know that, not know, but did you honestly get that feeling that this is going to be bloody huge? Yes, I did. did. You? I was very, very confident that this was going to be a yeah. big deal. What were your demeanour like? To me, mm. I never, I've never seen you flustered. You're a very yeah. calm individual. I've never seen you... Uh, you strike me as someone that's just so level, you know, yeah. and that's a compliment. What were you like at this time? Because obviously you're a younger man. Yeah. Were you were you similar to what you are now? Quite, you know. Oh yeah. Well, you knowing what you were going to do, but still, were you? Was yeah. you? Was you? Yeah. yeah. I think frustration is the word. Yeah. Uh, frustration that people not understanding it. Frustration that people aren't moving at the speed that we need to move at. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the word I would use. Is yeah. frustrated. And who uh, who who were frustrating you the most? Everyone. Everyone in the chain. Yeah. Planet. Planet were actually the the easiest because yeah. they've got yeah. everything yeah. ready to yeah. go. Yeah. And it was Dixons that weren't really internally. Going. Yeah. yeah. So internally, yeah. your frustrations lied. Yeah. And the reason. Um, they weren't going as fast. They just didn't understand no. it. Plus, they've got a, a, a retail empire that's, that, right. that's making them 
million. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. this will have been a distraction for them at the time, I suppose. That's, that's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the other things you hear is that, um, and I had lots of people couldn't see, I, I always knew that was going to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I always believed in you. I always believed in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But not at the time. No, 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 no. So, prior to BT, uh, this BTPR, Hmm. did you have a name for the product? Yes. And what was it? And the name was Channel 6. Right, so not FreeServe? Not FreeServe, no. Okay, and who conceived Channel 6? I did. I'm very good at coming up with names, actually. Yeah. uh, And brands. And the reason I called it Channel 6 was because... I knew that Channel 5 was going to be the last channel with a number on it. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, if we become uh, an ISP, we can sell ourselves as becoming the sixth channel. Yeah. This is the place you go to for uh, your content and everything. media. Everything. Yeah. So, And it's a name that people will remember. Yeah. It's a name that people can spell. Uh, I think that's quite important. Uh, I meet lots of people with companies that have got awful names. Funky names, yeah. Funky yeah. names yeah, that yeah. you can't spell, yeah, yeah. can't remember. Yeah. The the URL is too long. Yeah. So I registered uh, channel6.com.co.uk. How much did that net, cost, you know? About a tenner. Yeah. Yeah, so it, was, it wasn't much. Yeah. So ready to go with channel six. Right, so you're ready to go with channel six. The product's nearly there. Yeah. You're calm as ever, yeah. but thinking we're onto something here. Yeah. What happens? What happens is that uh, BT announced something called BT Click. Yeah. So the business model that we had with Channel 6 was the same as everyone else, which was you pay a fixed monthly amount yep. and you pay for your phone call, a local rate phone call. Right. Um, How much was the fixed monthly amount? Well, AWOL and Compensive were charging more. We were going to charge £10 a month. Right. Right. Which would have been fine because people would have paid it because yeah. there was no alternative. Yeah. And then BT announced something called BT Click. So this is, what year are we in now? Still, 1998. 1998, so uh, back June then. June 1998. What, what, just for the younger listener. Yeah. What, what's the, di- what are BT like back in 1998 compared they, to where they are yeah. now? Uh, they're just privatised a yep. few years before, but they were still a dominant Monopoly, uh, weren't it? it was yeah, a they were monopoly of one, yeah. weren't they? And still to this day, uh, I don't think people understand that if you go to Talk Talk or yeah. Sky or whoever, they actually buy a, a BT wholesale product yeah. from BT mm. because most of the wires uh, in the road yeah. are still BT. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so you have no choice but no. to buy it from them. No. So they were a big monopoly, yeah. really. Still are, aren't they? Really? Still are, yes. yeah. Because yeah. remember they, when they went private, it was a bit. I've read stuff that it was all bit bent, shall I say, you know, yeah. and all these people have made so much money out of it, but they hey-ho. Yeah. So, so BT, are, are they are they providing, well, I suppose there's no broadband back then, so BT are just the king of the phones, aren't they? That's right. And it's, and still back then, it's landline, isn't it? It is, everyone's, yeah. everyone's landline dominant. Yeah. There are mobile phones, but yeah. people are attached to landline. So, why, why do you, I suppose you'll know this, but what do you think made BT go you know, think we're going to get in this what um, what was BT Click and why do you think they went for it yeah uh, they probably went for BT Click because they thought that they've got so much dominance yeah. and they've got a route to market as well yeah I was going to say like Dixon's yeah. That's like, yeah. they've got a route to market because most of the the phones in the country at the time were BT yeah well they all will all be a bit more yeah, yeah exactly yeah. And, and there was very few competitors to them so they had a route to market as yeah. well and uh BT Click 
was different. And the difference was that it was a local rate phone call yeah. plus a penny a minute. Right. No monthly subscription charge. Right. So it was essentially pay as you go. Yeah. And when I saw this press announcement... Where were you? Uh, I was in Leeds. In the office? Yeah, uh, in, the, in the Planet office, yeah. And where, where, is the, where were the Planet offices? Uh, Melbourne Street. So it's just a little bit outside of the city centre. Yeah. And when I read it, I thought, oh my God, we're dead. Yeah. Who's going to pay a tenner a month when you see? So you seriously thought that? You thought... Yeah. What, uh, what did you feel like inside? Uh, I felt deflated. I thought, who's going to pay £10 a month when you can pay as you go? Yeah. Um, and the first thing I did was I went to see the managing director of PC World and I said, Peter, we're dead. Who's going to pay £10 a month when you can pay as you go? I said, we need to come up with something uh, as good or better than this. Yeah. Uh, one of the rules that the government set down is that British Telecom have to uh, provide a wholesale product uh, to everyone else as well. Yeah, so cheaper than what the consumer pays. Yeah, yeah. So they've got it. So people can buy it from them. Yeah. And uh, so the first thought was that we will buy the wholesale product from them and white label it as Charles Six. Right. And uh, the guy who's head of technical. Uh, at, was, at Channel 6? No, at, at uh, Planet Online. Yeah. Uh, he was told to have a look at, uh, the, you know, uh, the prices yeah. for, for this. And two of these guys uh, were looking at the the, the, the money we received from um, a BT Click. Yeah. And they noticed that we got more money from a local rate phone call than from BT Click. Right. And when BT was privatised, uh, BT have to share the revenue with other phone companies right. so if a, a call starts on one network and terminates on another they have something called an interconnect fee Right. so the customer pays for the phone call but if it terminates on another uh, phone company network then they have to share that revenue so they would dial up uh we're skipping a bit, but trying to, I'm trying to get my head around yeah. the, 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 the split. The dial-up, it, it, it answers on yeah. BT, yeah. but because it's on what was would then have been Channel 6, when they turn off the internet connection, they turn it off via Channel 6. Yeah. So Channel 6 would have to, BT would share that revenue, a certain percentage yeah. of it with Channel 6. So a uh, simpler way of putting it is that uh, when you go on the internet, you make yeah. a phone, you're making a phone call. Yeah. So if you're on the phone for 10 minutes, yeah. BT collect the money from uh, the phone bill yeah. and they have to share a portion of that 10 minutes phone call. Right, okay. That's it. Was it a set portion for everyone yeah. or did you negotiate that? No, it's set. Right. Uh, the government set it and they review, Ofcom yeah. review the, the amount of money that they have to share and it still works like that. From yeah, because I suppose today. Channel 6 was sending a customer to BT, weren't they? In, no, the other way around. BT were... Were, uh, collect, were, sorry, the customers were dialing yeah, but what I mean is, and it terminates on, BT, on channel 6 but that customer wouldn't have used the BT service had it not been for channel 6 if you know what I mean so you were sending them revenue as well weren't you yeah that's, that's one it, way of looking at it goes, yes, yeah. Yeah. so you read this memo yeah. you think who came up with the idea to then flip tactic so as I said I went to see the managing director yeah. of um, Planet Online he spoke to his technical guy yeah and uh, um, to you know, what is the deal with BT Click? Mm. 
And they noticed by accident that we, we actually, you get more money from a local rate phone call than from BT Click. Yeah. And uh, uh, they arranged a meeting with uh, with Dixon's yeah. and myself and, and, uh, and Planet Online. Planet Online. Yeah, yeah. It was Planet yeah. Online that arranged the meeting. Yeah. And uh, the managing director of Planet Online announces uh, to us that actually, I think we should go free. Right. Uh, and then we don't have to bother having to collect revenue, yeah. ten pounds a month, direct debits, direct debits, yeah. and all of that bad debt and things like yeah. that. Uh, and since we don't actually have to employ many people, uh, we actually make more money from yeah. a local rate phone call. Right. So we decided to change the business model from collecting ten pounds a month to actually just collecting the the revenue from the phone call. Yeah. Which BTL do for you anyway? And That's send right. It. So yeah. you've no you've no collections yeah. department. You've yeah. no. We got a check. We, we get a check every month. Yeah. It's like outsourcing your accounts department again, That's isn't right. it? Yeah. We just people call us. And and then depending on how many minutes they've been on the phone, mm. BT give us a portion of that revenue. Yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. So uh, we and this was only three months before we were due to launch. Right. So in July, uh, we changed the model. From, so how, how did that make you feel then? So you've you're you're thinking I'm dead. Yeah. Then you've got a solution. Yeah. Were you back on thinking? Back, back on. Yeah. Absolutely. And I thought, wow, this is even better. Yeah. Uh, and then someone in uh, Dixon said we should change the name right and uh, uh, he said uh, uh, what about FreeServe yeah uh, CompuServe and people like that yeah. you know and I thought actually no because uh, I know that in the future we might not be free yeah and he said don't worry about it because the car phone warehouse don't sell car phones no. and they're not a warehouse yeah yeah. and I thought actually yeah it's a good yeah. idea yeah um, so we changed the name from uh, channel six to free serve. Had you prior to this, you know, all the sleeves, the CD came in. Yeah. Was, has, that, had that all been designed with channel six so, on it and everything? Yeah. So we hadn't uh, printed any no. any things, but the website had been built, mm. and all we did was uh, took off the channel six logo. Yeah. And replaced it with the free serve logo. Uh, that would have taken about ten minutes. Yeah. yeah. And that was it. It yeah. was done. And uh, but there was one problem, which is we didn't own freeserve.com right that was owned by a guy in Norway so we thought okay uh, so we thought we'll launch as freeserve.net yeah uh, but we've got to try and get this freeserve.com yeah uh, web address so uh, we wrote I, I wrote to this guy in Norway and offered him two and a half thousand pounds when, when you say you wrote yeah was that pen by and paper e- no email email right yeah uh, and uh, offered him two and a half thousand pounds for this uh, domain name. And was that from your personal email address? Yeah. Right. So, you, so you, you, that's the yeah. point. You don't want Dixon's behind you, isn't that's it? That's right. Yeah, yeah. So he thought he was selling freeserve.com to a guy in Huddersfield. Yeah. Uh, and then we managed to actually get it transferred the day before we launched. Yeah. So we were launching as freeserve.net. Yeah. So it was okay. Uh, but we managed to transfer it the day before we actually launched. And I always thought to myself, how you must have thought yeah. on the 22nd of September, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. oh my God, Dixon yeah. are behind FreeServe. Yeah. Uh, but I've never spoken to him. Yeah. I've no idea what he thought. No. So we... Can't have been happy. Yeah, can't have been happy. So we managed to do everything. In time. In time. And so, on 11 o'clock on the 22nd of September in the Financial Times building in London, Yeah. Uh, the, the group CEO of Dixon's announces to um, all these journalists that we're launching 
a new company called FreeServe, which was a free internet service provider. Part two covers the launch itself, the unbelievable growth of the company, how a national newspaper summoned Ajaz to London to ask him to sell them 50% of FreeServe, and how the sale of the business led to Ajaz leaving FreeServe and what he did next.